Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Darren Rudge, please. Calling Darren Rudge. Darren Rudge, the gardening aisle, please. Last call for Darren Rudge. You found a new button. <laughs> I, have, I have as it goes. You... The supermarket aisle button. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. All right, Dazzler. Well, listen. That's brilliant. Now the, um, now the adverts are over, we can get going. <laughs> Molly Green and Darren Rudge. Well, yes. Sometimes that's God's way of getting you to enjoy Gardener's World. The Happy Garden. <laughs> and a very, very, very warm welcome to the Happy Garden podcast episode 12. My name is Molly Green. This here is your expert gardener, the lovely... Darren Rudge. Hello! In aisle three. In aisle three. Oh no, are you going to use the aisle button constantly through the podcast? No, I won't, I won't. I know. I have to use the buttons sparingly because I know how annoying they get. At least we got away from the monster button for a little while. Oh no, don't worry. That still works. But I I choose not to use it. I just like saying the word. From podcast 10. Uh, right, what are we doing today in the Happy Garden podcast? I do know, Darren, I am introducing a little festive sprinkling in the Happy Garden podcast. Yes, I know we haven't reached December, but Molly and Darren's Christmas crackers will uh, feature a little bit later on. It's a little Christmassy titbit, and I think you're doing some gift ideas, aren't you? Yes, I'm doing things that you can make yourself. And after all, what wouldn't you want to give more than a gift that you've made oh, yourself yeah. with your own kind, tender, loving hands? Kind hands. Darren's got very kind hands. <laughs> <laughs> so his wife says, that's lovely, though. You are right. There's nothing nicer than a homemade gift, you big tight wad. So we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> I remember the last homemade gift I had off you. Don't think I've forgotten, Rudge. Don't think I've forgotten. So we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk. I didn't know they were out to date. We'll talk about that in a bit. Really unfair. <laughs> now, one really interesting uh, horticultural <laughs> aspect you're going to be discussing, and this came off a question which I'll be reading a little bit later in, which came to, uh, a little bit later on, which came to our email inbox this week. And that's higher education, which is one of your passions. I mean, that's what you do. You are a teacher of horticulture. So you're going to delve into that a little bit later on. 
Yeah, yeah, we can talk about higher education and training programmes and things like that. Not a problem at all, because as Molly says, that's part of what I do. I do lots of things, don't I? Uh, One of the major things I do is to teach, yeah, and I love to teach. I love to be with people and I love to impart knowledge. Why we do the podcast, really, isn't it? Yeah, and you've always said you're never too late to learn. So that's a feature we'll do a little bit later on. And again, stemming from one of the questions we've had into the Happy Garden podcast at gmail.com, you're going to do a little bit on no dig gardening later? Yes, most definitely. Fascinating and uh, well worth a look, folks. Yeah. Especially if you've got a bad back. I was going to say it'll save your back. We're going to have a very quick delve into Asian hornets. You'll be surprised a little bit later on when you hear exactly just how the experts are finding the non-native hornets' nests. You will never guess how, but we'll tell you a little bit later on. And as always on the Happy Garden podcast, Darren will be doing jobs for the week ahead. And also, I thought I'd bump this up the running order this week, Darren. Your jokes. Oh, yes. Gardening jokes. I'll tell you what, I've got seven if you want them. Seven. Seven. Because I haven't, I haven't done any bumper ones for a while. Okay. So I've done seven <laughs> bumper crop of of gardening a jokes. A bumper crop, definitely. All right, yeah, we'll do that in a little while. Okay, so all that and more to come. All of this and more still to come on The Happy Garden with Molly Green and Dan Rush. Ah, Dazzler, shall we start, as we ordinarily do, with some jobs for the week ahead? We can do. Yeah, <laughs> we shall do. I've had a look at the uh, forecast UK-wide. It is a typical autumn week again. Um, however, and I don't know the statistics as to whether this is a little warmer than it should be, but we're double figures all week long. Well, I think we're up to 13 on Thursday. So let's have a look at some jobs for the week ahead. We have got, Darren, a small festive feel. Oh, I say, you can tell it's getting close to Christmas. Darren's got his festive music out for the Happy Garden podcast jobs of the week. Go on, Darren. Tell us what to do. Yeah, go on, Darren. Tell us what <laughs> to do. Well, it is sort of still autumn. (laughs) So if you've got leaves down on the lawn, folks, you need to get out there and rake those leaves off that grass. Okay. otherwise they'll start to shade out the grass and then you'll lose your lawn. Lawns can be very soft and wet at this time of year, so uh, not to be walked on if they are soft and wet. You'll damage the soil structure. You'll add to the compaction. But you can still aerate. Uh, Remember, get your garden fork out, push the tines in around about three quarters of the way down and give it a little wiggle and then do that once every uh, metre or three feet and you can scarify the top of the lawn. You can still feed, it's not too late and you can still mow, folks, Okay, Uh, But not mowing as often as it would be uh, normally because now your lawn is actively not growing. So it's actively not growing. But... If it goes through a mild spell, it'll continue to grow. That's actively not growing. Just ignore it. <laughs> my tip. I looked at mine, actually, before we did the podcast, and I thought, oh, I wonder what Darren yeah. would say. Then I looked the other way. <laughs> well, you know what I would say. <laughs> thing, well, on it? Christmas Day. I, I love coming to your house, because it's, you? like, it's like it's like um, uh, royalty arriving where you're... <laughs> Is it? It's is a, it? It's, a, it's just sort of. Don't why did look. my husband hide that? Usher him in. <laughs> Usher him in quickly. <laughs> Don't let him look at the lawn. Oh, you know, in the little woods that you and I were kicking leaves in two or three weeks back. Yeah. 
my husband and I were down there um, yesterday with the dogs. Yeah. And I mean, it's quite breezy. It is so beautiful this morning, as we've already said. And it's because it's quite breezy. I've got some washing out on the line. It's raining. It's snowing leaves against yeah. the blue. It's so beautiful. It's lovely, isn't it? I don't know whether it's because we've had quite um, wet conditions. It's been fairly humid, so maybe the branches, the, the trees are sort of sodden with the breeze. But we were walking with the dogs yesterday and we could hear a massive crack, huge crack. We couldn't tell which tree it was coming from. Grabbed the dogs and sort of like went as you know, far back as we could. A huge bough, a healthy bough full of leaves, but a huge bough. And I'm talking three foot in circumference came down. Right. I mean, if you were under that, that's wow. you. Yeah. It was ever so scary. And I did think, well, actually, I'll ask Darren today, tomorrow, which is today. Why would a healthy bough come down off a tree? Would it be the climactic conditions? Because it is a little bit windy and it is sodden. It, it could well be. And it's it's weight. It's, the weight it's, it's it. weight. It might look healthy, but actually it may not be. And it's just torn itself away from the actual tree itself. And if, it's, if the uh, branch is growing in an unwieldy pattern as well, if the wind catches it right, Molly, right. and it's got weight on it, it'll just tear itself off. Right, which it did. Just a word, you know, to the wise, if you do walk in woods, as, as Darren and I do and my husband and I do with the dogs and stuff, have your wits about you. Because, Darren, if, if we'd have been under that, and, you know, if you and I had been under that three weeks ago, you're not, you literally wouldn't live to tell the tale. You do have to be really aware of your surroundings. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Uh, this is the importance of good tree maintenance, isn't it? Yeah. Especially in public spaces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, council. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to email us with any questions, you will be more than welcome. Darren's uh, knowledge is at your disposal. So any questions you've got, not only about gardening, but any aspect of the garden, we will try and get that covered off for you. It's the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can put pictures and ask questions on our Facebook page. Again, it's the Happy Garden Podcast. Now, Darren, let's start with one from Anne. Hi, guys. I was interested in your mentioning of growing an avocado. Darren, I've tried to soak seeds for weeks, but they didn't germinate. But a miracle happened in the spring. We were putting the contents of the compost heap on the raised beds when I noticed an avocado seed. An avocado. Sorry, I don't know why I read it like that. An avocado seed had a sprout. (laughs) (laughs) I potted it up. It was outside all summer and then I brought it in for the winter. Darren, as you can see, it's a really healthy plant in the photo. Uh, What do I need to do now? And also in the photo, you can see the strelitzia I grew from seed that somebody brought home from a holiday. Don't know if we should mention that. And a tradescancia that was originally in my wedding bouquet some 55 years ago. I am a growaholic, so says Anne. So, Anne, you are a growaholic. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Well, avocados have a big, thick seed coat on their seeds, don't they? So if you're going to try and grow them at home, this is the reason why it didn't germinate, you need to cut into that seed coat. It's called scarification. That's what you need to do. You need to scar and cut into that. And then suspend it over water, if you can do, on some cocktail sticks, just so the bottom of the actual seed is um, suspended above the water. And it'll produce roots for you. But the reason why the one in the compost heap um, uh, germinated is because the conditions were right. It was damp enough, it was wet enough. 
basically it had all the right conditions now all you need to do with that is just keep it well watered just keep it well watered and uh, you know the odd uh, little bit of compost fresh compost every now and then that's all you really need to do and the other plants look fantastic in in the picture and the fact that you've grown your strelitzia from from seed absolutely gorgeous and what more could you could you want really molly than uh, you know your own plants from seeds or cuttings you shouldn't really be <laughs> advising uh, yes. uh, people to bring your bring seeds back from other sock. countries yeah uh, because uh, they'll get put in prison well okay. well that is the ultimate get locked, yes locked away yeah <laughs> don't ask people to bring seeds back for you <laughs> but well well done Anne. yeah brilliant it looks beautiful it does it really does that by the way um how many pods ago were you doing a teach piece on supermarket vegetables a couple of pods ago really interesting yeah. bit on propagating yeah basically plants for free vegetables from for free if you you seed from supermarket bought veg yeah and you can do it you just have to be careful with things like potatoes because that's why we buy seed potatoes uh, the word seed potato is a bit sort of ambiguous because they aren't seeds are they but they are quality assured to be pest and disease free whereas the potatoes we buy in the shops aren't, because what do we normally do with them? We normally boil them, don't we? Mm, mash so, them, uh, and mash them up and do all that sort of stuff. So that ensures there's no pests and diseases in them. So you just need to be a little bit careful there with potatoes. But other veg, you can chop a top off a carrot and grow a new carrot if you want to. <laughs> so there you go. Have a listen back to a couple of podcasts ago. It was quite yeah, fascinating. Wasn't it really it? was, yeah. And uh, money saving tips are uh, uh, you know, all the rage these days. And we'll be doing one in a little while this podcast as well. Oh, you mentioned mash. I just cleaned the kitchen before we started the podcast. And mm. on the stove, there's half a pound from last night. We had a hot meal last night. Linda McCartney pies. Yeah. M- masses, like mountains. You know, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you know how yeah. big the man, yeah. Richard Dreyfus, yeah. grew yeah. In his <laughs> living a, room. A mountain of... Ma- yeah. 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 So yeah. we had the mountain of mashed potato, as seen in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Linda McCartney pie, peas, cut up carrots, a bit of broccoli, and some um, onion gravy with sherry in. Oh, sherry. Mm. Oh, you're ever so posh nowadays. I know. Have I left you behind? Oh, you have. You have. <laughs> how was your... Um, You've changed. How was your... <laughs> were they gone last week? <laughs> Did you enjoy your meal? It was cordon bleu. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was made to eat... <laughs> Stop saying it now. <laughs> Is Mrs Darren in? No, she's gone out. Oh, Mr Green's out as well. It's just you and me. She's off. She's gone off. She's gone off. <laughs> talking of uh, talking of eggs, I had Molly Green eggs on toast for my oh, lunch today. Did you? I did. Yeah. Were they nice? You know, last time I was with you, you gave me some eggs. They were it was lovely. About three weeks. They normally last about six weeks. Yeah, they, they were lovely today, and they were they were right. not big. They were not small. They were just you had a mixed, right. I gave you a mixed box. Yeah. They, just right. Yeah, they've gone off lay a little bit. Not that it's overly cold. I just think it's a you know a cycle thing. They they go off lay a little bit autumn winter, so we don't get the the big, don't get any double yolks or anything like that in the uh, in the autumn. But still laid with love. Gone off lay. They do go off lay a little bit. And right. I tell you, I tell you what might have made them go off lay as well. The other day, <laughs> like two days ago, honestly, I couldn't get my hat on. I happened to look out of the window. You know, I've got indoor cats. Yes, sorry. <laughs> 
What, <laughs> someone, which bit tickled you? The gone off lay? <laughs> yeah. I've oh. had girlfriends like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh as soon as you say Liverpool, <laughs> I recognise that. Oh, I can sympathise with dear them. Me. <laughs> well, what had happened? No, what had happened? <laughs> You're such an article. <laughs> what had happened? I was I was in the living room the other day, and I happened. To, the magpies were going mad, and so I happened to look out of the. Now, hang on, where were we? Where were we? What was I saying? Yes, you know I've got indoor cats, and I've always had yes. indoor cats. At one point, I had eight indoor cats: deaf, blind, a little bit brain damaged. So they're they're always they've always been in. But I've got a cattery built on the side. My husband, bless him, when I moved in, um, built sort of like a, a big cage on the side of the house. It runs for like thirty foot. So they've got an outdoor space. Um, but obviously they can't get out. What's the point of me telling you this? Where am I? What am I coming here for? <laughs> oh, yes, because I looked out the other day at the cat run. I'm be- lost. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with. Because the magpies were making such a noise. And I looked outside and it was maybe 11 in the morning. There was the biggest dog fox in the world sat outside the cattery area. Just sat there. Like, just, you know, just... Nah, 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 nah. Uh, and I called my husband and said, you what? Hello, look at this. And we both sat watching this fox. It was amazing and it was the most beautiful thing. And it was digging for moles, or voles, should I say, uh, in the lawn. And I th- and, and where we keep the chickens is 30 foot away. It's not far. And wow. I thought, if our hens have seen this fox blatantly walking around in the morning, they do get so frightened that they go off lay. Yeah. So that could have been happening for a while that the fox, and I know exactly where it lives as well, it's next door but one under their shed. Um, and live and let live, we've got electricity on the, on the chicken, so I'm, I'm fairly confident that, you know, our, our security is, is robust enough. But even if the chickens see a fox, it can take them off lay. Off lay. Wow. <laughs> it's a technical term a technical, I shall remember. It's a poultry for the, term. For the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> oh, Darren. And I should use it on the odd occasion. Sure you will. Down the pub. <laughs> shall we move on to Asian hornets? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Before we move on to Asian hornets, um, I know your jokes are coming up shortly, actually, but uh, would you like one from me? Go on, then. Darren Rogers, <laughs> I've got a vinyl album of wasp sounds. I bought it the other day. And I played it, and it didn't sound anything like wasps. <laughs> Turned out, Darren, I Go put on. the B-side on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Good, oh, dear. Okay. So let's oh, let's get on to uh, <laughs> let's get I'm, on. I'm just looking at my jokes. If are they any better? Ones. Are they poultry? Oh, in no, actually, I've concentrated on uh, lawns this week. Oh, so, lawn-themed jokes. Look yeah, forward lawn to that. Lawn-themed jokes. Let's have a look. What page are your jokes coming up on? I don't know. In about a page. 
Okay. In about a page, we'll do Darren's seven lawn jokes. Something to look forward to, isn't it? (laughs) A little bit later on. Uh, let's get Paul from Bu- <laughs> let's get Paul from Bug Life on first. He's one of our very very good friends here on the Happy Garden Podcast. <laughs> uh, you need to know anything about bugs? Then Paul is the one to ask. Now, a few pods ago, it was Joe in Wensfield, if you remember, Darren. I'm just having yeah. having a look back at uh, notes from I think it was Pod Nine that we did, which was when we centred on hedgehogs, bonfire night. And Joe had written us an email saying, Attached is a photo of what I thought was an Asian hornet, but I emailed the Wildlife Trust and I was assured it's a hoverfly. But isn't it beautiful, Molly and Darren? Below is a copy of the reply I got. Anyway, that was from a few pods ago. But um, yeah, she was talking about Asian hornets. And I got in contact with Paul from Bug Life and asked if this year has been particularly bad. They really do appear to be here in in force this year. There have been something like 14 nests have been destroyed in Kent. Uh, There's even been a nest that's been destroyed up on the River Tees. Um, That one's probably come in via the port and got established up there. But the point was that nest was destroyed in September. By that time, new queens will have already hatched and gone off, which means we'll have a colony of them starting here. There'll be loads of them in the Kent area. And there's a number of other counties that... Asian hornet nests have been found and destroyed this year. So this is not lone hornets, this is nests. And the later in the year they're destroyed, the more likelihood is that they'll have spread and there'll be new ones coming up next year. So it's a real and present threat. And it's a real worry for the impact it could have on our native bee populations. You know, a, a nest of Asian hornets could wipe out a whole honeybee hive in a day. So imagine the impact they'd have on something like a bumblebee nest. How would they wipe them out, Paul? What they Do they eat them? Do they just kill them? Do they spread infection? What What's the problem with these hornets being here? It's their main food source is bees. They like to eat bees oh. and they just go off and eat bees. And it's a bit like the old adage of the fox in the chicken coop. The Asian hornet gets into the bee nest and ooh, lots and lots of food and kills it all and then decides to eat some. Is there a problem identifying the Asian species? We see it annually on one specific <laughs> newspaper front page, you know, killer hornets here. They, what worries me, same as the Harlequin ladybird, is that people would mistake an Asian for a native hornet. Or even, we have spoken before about um, Joe, Joe that sent me an email um, with an attachment photo of what turned out to be a hoverfly, but it was looked exactly like a hornet. If people go around and, and kill what they think is an Asian hornet, that could be a problem if it isn't one. Then the best thing to do is to take a picture of something and report it because this is a reportable invasive species and ideally they don't want you to kill it. They want to be able to go and track it and this is how they've been finding the nests. People have reported individual hornets and they've tracked them and followed them back to find out where the nest is. Because it's very important the nest is destroyed rather than the individual hornet. And yeah, to the untrained eye, it's very difficult for people to know this is an Asian hornet or this is a European hornet or this is a hornet hoverfly. Or, of course, there are some moths as well, like the lunar hornet moth, which looks very, very similar to a hornet to the untrained eye. Um, and of course, the Asian hornet is slightly smaller than our hornet, and it's not helped by our newspapers, who often mm. print the wrong type of hornet. They often print pictures of the giant Asian hornet rather than the Asian hornet. 
Um, and the giant Asian hornet is a massive, massive hornet and really, really big. Whereas, I say, the Asian hornet is slightly smaller than the European hornet. And most of us wouldn't know anyway because we we rarely see them. When you do see a hornet, it's quite a thing, isn't it? You know, like a licorice all sort. Wow, look at that. They're not day to day. So to differentiate all the different types, unless you're an expert, would be pretty impossible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, and, and to be honest, I've done tests with members of the public and you can show them a picture of a wasp or a bee or a hoverfly and people in the room will be shouting hornet at you. So, yeah, yeah, asking the public to be able to identify them is really, really difficult. So the best thing to do is get a picture of whatever it is, send it to some experts. If it is an Asian hornet, they will send people around. They will try and trace where it's coming from. How? I will stress that the Asian hornet does not, present a threat to people right. as such, but it does present a threat to our pollinators. To the bees. How on earth would you track a hornet? If if they don't want it captured and killed and they want to follow it to a nest, I, 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 my mind boggles. Well, in actual fact, immensely interesting equipment is used for this. They will actually catch it in a net and attach a tiny little transmitter to it so they can trace it, go back to its nest. No way. Um, and and that's, the, that's the marvel, I suppose, of modern electronics, that you've got something small enough that you can attach it to something like a hornet and then track where it goes. Um, in the, you know, the old days, you, the hornet wouldn't have been able to take off the ground if you'd put a tracker on it, but now they are so minute and easy to attach to something that you can do that. That was Paul Hetherington from Bug Life. Absolutely amazing. Buglife.org.uk. Uh, Bug Life are just brilliant. They're very good friends of our podcast. Saving the small things that run the planet. The Happy Garden Podcast. We have uh, Molly and Darren's Christmas cracker. Why I say that in a Scotch accent? <laughs> beyond me. Christmas what cracker. What kind of Cracker, cracker. We're only, um, as we speak to you, I think 35 days to Christmas. Yeah. Have you festified yet? No. Don't lie. You've already got your, your Everything's up. done. Everything Everything's is done. done. You never take them down, that's why. There was a couple of things that um, stayed up all year and some of the decorations never made it to the loft. They were sat by the loft hatch for 11 months. So I just, yeah, got them back down the stairs. Who festifies the house? Let, let me guess. Is it... <laughs> Do you come home one day and it's a, it's a rudge it's grotto? Yeah, it's a grotto. It's all done. Some it's the fairies. Yeah. Some fairies visiting. The little elves, Santa's little elves. Yeah. It's called Mrs. Darren. I know it's called Mrs. Darren. We love... Do you know, I ought to get a jingle made for Mrs. Darren. <laughs> Just how much we love and appreciate her. Yeah, she could write a recipe cookbook, couldn't she? <laughs> as long as it involves egg. <laughs> now, let's get back to the questions. The Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. Any garden or gardening <laughs> questions that you've got, Darren, will be able to help you. It's the happy, all one word, the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. Now, lovely Chris, let's get to him. Now, he wrote us an email, but he has left his number. The email was uh, Mom and Dad came round last week. Mum savaged my geraniums. As she said, they looked untidy. Since then, they have actually really greened up. Molly, Darren, how often do I need to replace the compost or do I just need to feed them on a regular basis? I've had them for three years and that's from Chris. But as I say, he has left us his phone number, so shall we? Go on then, let's give it a try. Shall we? Yeah. I think I think the pod phone has stopped taking people's souls. It has. So, Podcast uh... one was... 
Very strange. Well, <laughs> in hindsight, I've because I knew nothing about podcasting before we started this. I mean, I'm, I've barely got a grasp now, but um, in hindsight, it might have been my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it was, but it might have. Technically, it might have been my fault that we demonised the first person we ever rang. <laughs> I, th- I think I put the monster button on Dave. <laughs> anyway, let's try. Um, let's try, Chris. Let me. Yeah, I'll be answers. Oh, here we go. It's ringing. I hope it answers. Oh, it's as ringing. Well. It is ringing. That's always a good start. <laughs> Chris, it's Molly. Hey, Molly, you're right. Oh yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, how are you doing this lovely autumn afternoon? Yes, it's all going well. I went to work this morning, um, just for a few hours. Um, then I popped back here about about ten to one, something like that, and I'm just uh, I'm just enjoying my my afternoon and, and yes. chatting with you. If Darren can help you then with these geraniums, we kind of outlined what you emailed that what, what your <laughs> your mom did what she savaged your geraniums. Let me pass you over to Darren. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hi, Darren, you're right. How can we help? Basically, about three years ago, um, I sort of inherited these geraniums from from mom and dad. And uh, they were ones that were outside, so I, I cut them back and I potted them up inside. And they've been growing really, really well. But every time my mom comes to visit with me, she says, Chris, those look a mess. They're past their sell-by date. I said, no. I said, you leave them alone. She she took a pair of scissors to them and she trimmed them back. And to be fair, she did a really good job and they've really greened up. Um, but my question is, basically, how how often should I be changing the compost in this and do or or should I just leave the compost and keep giving them a regular feed? What what are your thoughts on that? Well, if we're talking bedding geraniums here, because there are hardy geraniums yeah. that, that are outside, yeah. then if, if, if changing the compost should be probably a yearly thing, really, just once a year in okay. the spring. Chris, just tap them out the pots. Do you keep them in the pots? You don't put them outside for for summer or anything like that. No, they just stayed in the pots, and they've been you know they've got a bit. You know, wiry and, and elderly now, but yeah, the ones that have been put back, they've started to to grow new, new, new shoots, etc. And they look really, really, really good. But there's several different varieties, so I, I can't actually remember which ones they are. There are some pelagoniums as well. That's um, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some pelagoniums, but they're just a mismatch of things. But the the colours when they flower, they usually flower all year round, and they've been absolutely fantastic. So this is this is really good because if you bring your pelagoniums in, you see, and you treat them as mm-hmm. house plants rather than mm-hmm. out, just outdoor plants in the summer, then you can have flowers all yeah. year round because they are perennial. So we treat them as annuals because they're not hardy outside. Although with our climate change, you see, uh, sometimes people do get away with leaving them outside. And your mum is exactly right, Chris. You do need to cut them back to keep them young and juvenile, which is what you've got. Now, if you just pot them, take them out of the pot, just scrape off the old compost around the roots, don't tear into the root system, and then put some fresh compost around them. And that's all you need to do. And during the active growing season... Just give them a little bit of a feed. Tomato food, a quarter strength, will be good enough. I always recommend tomato food because it's high in potassium and we want potassium for fruits and flowers. That's why it's tomato food, folks, to give you good fruits. But also it'll give you lots and lots of flowers, Chris. And that's all you need to do. And yes, your mum is right. At the end of the growing season, 
cut them back, cut them back hard, then they will bush again, which is what's happened to your plants, and then just give them a fresh batch of compost around their roots early spring, and that'll sort them really, Chris. That's all you need to do. Shall I tell you what the Victorians used to do with pelargoniums? Go on. And you'll, you'll be aghast. So they used to bring them into their potting sheds, tap off all the compost so there's no compost around the roots, and they'd have a row of nails in the potting shed, and they'd just hang them on nails to dry out totally and utterly during the winter period. And as long as it was frost-free, that was fine. Then early spring, they'd pot them up and they'd bounce back into life. So you're being really, really, really kind to your pelargoniums, aren't you? Well, I, I can't understand it, because if they hold them up on nails with no with no water or no nutrients, how come they wouldn't die? Well, they just die back. They just go to sleep. So that's that's what happens. They become dormant. dormant. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. But yeah, because, you, because you keep them in temperatures uh, where they can yeah. still actively grow, they still produce leaves and things like that. This has been awesome, guys. It's been lovely to speak to you. Thank you ever so much. Thanks ever so much for having me on. And listen, yeah, let's do it again soon and, and take care and I shall continue listening. Thanks, Chris. You take care. Ta-ra, you lovely. Too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. 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 Get interactive with Molly. Lovely show. Professionals. Get interactive with Molly and Darren. Follow them on social media. It's a bit like stalking. Just search for the Happy Garden Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Darren, have you got any more talks in 2023? Are you done now? No, I've got two. I've got two. I've got one this Wednesday. Oh, yeah. So the Wednesday coming. And then the last one is the following Tuesday. Um, So Where are you um, going? I'm uh, in Stafford, just just north of Stafford for the first one. And then I'm in Worcestershire. (laughs) I'm in Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I'm in Worcester, yeah, uh, for the last one of the year. Are these okay. WIs? Uh, they are um, garden guilds. Nice. Um, both of them. And they are both my infamous tea bags, bras, and tights. Tights. Lovely. We're going to be back with the Christmas cracker very soon on the Happy Garden podcast. A few ideas in the run-up to Christmas, horticulturally speaking. Uh, after a few adverts. Now, listen, I know we've got adverts on the podcast now. Apologies if they annoy you, but you can feel free to skip them, okay? Just just press that little button and skip them and we will see you on the other side. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We'll be having a Molly's Mouse update for you shortly. If if literally anyone is interested. (laughs) You'll be interested if you're coming to my house for Christmas drinks soon, has the likelihood of leaving with Viles disease. (laughs) So we'll be doing a a molly. I am a bit infested with mice. So an update for you very, very short. You won't believe how many mice I've caught since the last podcast, Darren, how many mice I've caught since I last spoke to you. Right now, there's a little new feature as we're only four or five weeks away from Christmas. It's Molly and Darren's Christmas Cracker. 
ho, ho. It's time to grab one end each. It's Molly and Darren's Christmas crackers. Cracker, cracker, cracker. I'll grab this end. You grab that end. All right, ready? Ready? I get the hat and I get the joke. <laughs> so each week in the run-up to Christmas, we'll be doing some sort of Christmassy tit bit. Uh, and today, Darren, you're doing. Um, oh, this is so lovely! Making your own horticultural gifts. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's 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 cooking something. I've got sprout truffles. What? Sprout truffles. You didn't run this past me before we started recording, Darren. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Sprout truffles. Okay. They're not real sprouts, oh. but they look like sprouts. Oh, so I truffles see. Oh, I see. That truff- look like sprouts. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, it's easy and it's quick, folks. Why wouldn't you want to make the person you love some sprout truffles? It'll take you thirty minutes to make, one hour in total, an additional hour just to chill them and set them. What you'll need is one hundred and fifty milliliters of double cream, two hundred grams of dark chocolate, which you'll chop. 50 grams of milk chocolate, which you'll chop, three coconut macaroons, 600 grams of white chocolate, two tablespoons of coconut oil or butter, one tube of green gel food colouring and one tube of yellow gel food colouring. Now, here's how you make them. Heat the double cream in a small pan until it's just steaming. Pour the hot cream over the dark chocolate and the milk chocolate in a bowl. Leave for three minutes and then stir until melted and smooth. Well, that sounds nice just as it is. Whiz the coconut macaroons to crumbs in a food processor. Add the chocolate and pour in the, into a shallow dish and cover and chill for two and a half to three hours until set firm. Scoop into 30 truffles, keeping the balls lightly knobbly and freeze for 15 minutes. Melt the white chocolate and the coconut oil or butter. Skewer one truffle at the same time and quickly spoon over the chocolate and coat it. Stir drops of green and yellow food gel colouring into the rest of the white chocolate uh, to get the the good colour of a sprout and then coat each truffle. Chill until ready to serve. Okay, and they keep for up to one month folks so go on make that person you love sprout truffles for christmas that does sound that does sound nice gorgeous although mine probably wouldn't look like sprouts you (laughs) 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 guess the identity of these oh that's nice next week we've got reindeer poo Oh, not is, real reindeer Well, poo. the thing is, I know you're not joking. You do have a recipe, <laughs> a receipt for reindeer poo. Oh, which is really lovely so the little ones can leave it out on the 24th. <laughs> Any Christmas ideas that you want from Darren, uh, feel free. Like, this is your podcast. Don't forget, you're in control. If you want Darren to profile anything, sort of horticultural gifts, if you want to know... You know, what to get, the beginner gardener or the ultimate gardener, just get in touch with the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. The Happy Garden Podcast, it's all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a comment on the Facebook page. The possibilities are endless for gardeners in the run-up to Christmas. Right yeah, there, Darren? Yeah, you can even give people out-of-date packets of seed. then so uh, about three maybe three years ago my christmas present from darren was um a couple of old plant pots 
<laughs> couple of old labels and uh, possibly 15 year out of date seeds in a plant pot. We still got them. Freebies from Mr. Salt. It's <laughs> the thought that counts. Do you know what I did? I repackaged them and sent them on to my friend Mandy. <laughs> I just changed the label and re-gifted. <laughs> oh, now that reminds me. Um, in the kitchen drawer, do you remember at a boot sale a, f- a couple of months ago, I got some, I think again, I think they were Mr Sutton's. Yeah. What seeds were they? Broad beans or something. And they were, um, <laughs> shall I go and get them? Which you can do oh, if you want okay. to. All right, hang on. Hang on, because it's integral to the story. Wait a second. Stay there. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, but, uh... I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen Oh, did you do a musical interlude? Yeah, I just thought I'd do a musical intervention I'm quite pleased with you, Darren. So here we are, kitchen drawer, dwarf French beans. Oh, no, they're Mr Fothergills. Mr Fothergills. And they were from 19... August 1984. Well, we're going to do a trial with these, aren't we? How old does that make them? Nearly... 20-odd years. No, Darren. (laughs) Think again. 30-odd years. No, Darren. 40-odd years. Yep. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) You were literally just going through the decades there, Darren. Took took my socks off, that's why. (laughs) 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 So so they're 40 years old. Darren, how old are we? There's beans all over the floor now. So, dwarf (laughs) French beans, and they're called the Prince. And I... (laughs) I got them from a boot sale, right, in the summer. (laughs) So they were from a house clear and some poor dead sod. Um, (laughs) And they're August... (laughs) August... Um, August 1984, 69p they were. Do you know, I've laughed so much, I've forgotten why why did I go and get these? Because we're going to do a trial. (laughs) We're going to see whether they germinate. Oh, no, I remember now, because you gave me out-of-date seeds for Christmas, yeah, yeah. a few years ago. Um, But to be honest, and yeah, we're going to do this trial. I mean, if these are 40 years out-of-date and they germinate, I'm going to give... How many seeds are in here? Because I'm going to give Darren half. Um, let's have a look at the packet. Abundant crops with a fine flavour. Splendid heavy cropping variety produces pods which are long, straight and fleshy. Dwarf French beans are ideal for smaller gardens and you can even grow them in pots where space is limited. It doesn't say how many seeds are in here. It doesn't matter anyway. I'm going to give you half and okay. during the spring we'll have... Is that part of my Christmas presents? <laughs> Get your own back. <laughs> to get my own back. As I say, I just um I said thank you to you, nodded to you, and then regifted them. But it was the <laughs> thought that counts, and it was it was really lovely. And I'm sure you will profile maybe in the weeks running up to Christmas, sort of a gardener's friend box, which is what you did me. Seeds aside, I know we're having a joke about the seeds, but seeds aside, the sort of the garden the gardener's sort of utility box, which is what you put together. For me, with labels and string and a little pencil and 
and in a beautiful little box, seeds aside. It was just the most beautiful thought for a gardener. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do that in the run-up to Christmas. Darren, very small mouse update. Yes, go on then. Are you still <laughs> are you still mouse free as we head into winter? I I haven't seen the mouse You're for right. a couple of days, but I couple still of days. They're there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here in the greenhouse hold, since I spoke to you on the last podcast, put the six humane traps down. Twenty-two mice. Twenty-two. Four in one go in one trap one morning. Good God! I know, having a wow. right disco they were. Wow. That was in the uh, paella. Cupboard. Or the, hang on, or the... Paella. Cupboard, as I like to call it these days. They do like rice mice. Rice mice. (laughs) (laughs) I like your mice because they play tricks on you. You know, you got to put your shoes on and there's uh, spaghetti in there. (laughs) Have you seen the Facebook page this week? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Now, Facebook, of course, we've got the Happy Garden Facebook page. Darren Rudge, our Dazzler, has his own page. Myself, Molly Green, I've got my own page as well. I didn't want to put it on the Happy Garden podcast because it's not really gardening related. But I did put a picture that I found last week, as Darren's referring to, on my Facebook page, Molly Green, Molly with an IE, of a Doc Martin that I found in the wardrobe filled with uncooked spaghetti. (laughs) Darren, the kitchen is nowhere near. The spare room. Can you imagine how long that took them? You probably did it in a long line. All 22. Make a a chain. (laughs) All 22 22 mice making a chain from the kitchen down to the spare room. Oh, that makes me feel really guilty that I threw the shoe away. (laughs) I have released them all in the same spot in case they're friends and family. They'll know. They'll find each other. Yeah, they'll come back. (laughs) We still haven't got to the bottom of where they're mice home. I should put a bit of tipex on the tail, shouldn't I? Just like they do on. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there? A, didn't you tell us years ago about a, an experiment with snails where they tipexed? Yeah, they did shells. migration of of, of of snails. Oh, go on, remind they us. Did, they did that. They did that on. Well, it was it was documentary, was it? and I think it was a, some some university, one of the universities in the country, mm. and they. Um, Different species of snail. They just wanted to know how they, uh, where they went, and they basically um, just coloured them. They, they put a dot Dye, on, yeah. on the um, on the back of the snail shell. I think it was blue, pink, yellow, and they just followed them. And <laughs> just you know where the species mixed together. That's what they were looking for. I think some got um, lobbed next door, didn't they? Yeah, and how far they actually travel. So, mm. um, and they found out that yes, they do. They do mix. Uh, there's no sort of a territorial thing going on, and they travel quite a way. Yeah. yeah, they do travel quite a way. So you think if you lob them next door, uh, that's it. Same as slugs, folks. Can't get rid of them because they'll be back. Well, you know, it's getting a little bit late in the season, but I think for maybe spring on the Happy Garden podcast, and I thought this the last couple of weeks, when I go to the recycling bins or any bins that we've got outside, as everybody does at their house, and if it's like twilight, or if you're not paying attention and you lift the bin and you put something in it, whether it's the recycling or the normal green bin, and then you sl- you know just let the lid go and it slams down, how many times does it go on a slug? What are they doing on the perimeter of the lid bin? We have to do something on slugs, maybe in the spring. What are they thinking? It's the most dangerous place in the world for a slug, the perimeter of a wheelie bin. Well, they're not, lid. are they? They're not thinking. <laughs> They're just, they're just, 
as slugs are fascinating. I do a talk called A Day in the Life of a Slug. I didn't so, know that, Darren. Yeah, we'll talk about slugs. Wonderful creatures. Wait! <laughs> Wait one moment. Hang on a second, because we're in the run-up to Christmas now. Yeah. And it talks about the life cycle. I'll talk about the life cycle of a slug and where <laughs> slugs go for Christmas. Life cycle and... of a slug. Have you got slides? Yeah, yeah it... I've got PowerPoints. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to write this down. Listen, I can't, an hour. I'm not leave I'm not losing this in the Christmas rush. <laughs> I'm gonna put this at the end of my diary for next year. A day. A day in the life of a slug. In the life. People of a love slug. it. I love it. Dash PowerPoint. Yeah. We'll do that in January. That's something to look forward to on the Happy Garden podcast. Day in the life of a slug. And so I know that slugs, you know, make love hanging upside down. That's what slugs do. Do they? They find, they find a low branch. Don't peek. Darren, don't tell us. <laughs> Save it till January. It'll keep, people, keep, keep people listening. Okay, I'll put you down. I'll put you down in the uh, diary. It's really fascinating. <laughs> Also, Darren, we have had some very, very positive feedback. And we do like feedback on the Happy Garden podcast. This is your podcast. Anything you want to comment on, you'd be more than welcome. Good feedback on your singing last week, Darren, as regards oh. to mice oh, yes. with clogs on. Yes. Yeah. Well, three, you see, three emails in. When you went for the beans, I did a musical interlude. So I oh, I haven't heard that yet. A musical interlude. So, what you did know. you say? I won't hear that until I edit this podcast. What did you cr- sing? It was a bit bad luck, really, because I did a Christmas song. I did White Christmas. <laughs> I haven't even heard it yet. I'll hear it during the editing process. But as far as your mice with clogs go last yeah. week, it was very well received. Have I got a hit? Well done. No. <laughs> Let's get on to another email. <laughs> Sam from Doncaster, thank you very much for getting in touch. Is this another geranium question? It is. We've had a fair few in this week. Molly Darren, I've just discovered your podcast, courtesy of my neighbour, Debbie. Loving it so far. Not too serious, but very informative. That's nice. I've got a question on geraniums for Darren. Mine are still looking great outside, plenty of flowers, and they're still going strong. I don't have a greenhouse and I'm loath to throw them away as they're looking so great. I'm aware that the first frosts will bring a different story. Darren, is there any way of seeing them through a winter without a greenhouse? Many thanks in advance. And that is from Sam. Well, Sam, yes, there is. Earlier, I did detail what the Victorians used to do to their pelagoniums. And I'll just repeat it quite quickly. They used to bring them into their potting sheds, let them dry out totally, knock off all the compost, and then put them on a nail in their potting shed and just let them dry out. Now, that's been very vicious to your pelagoniums, isn't it? But what you can do is bring them inside. You don't need a greenhouse. As long as you've got a windowsill, you can pop them on the windowsill and they'll be fine. Pop them up, put them on a windowsill. If you've got a conservatory or a porch, then uh, they'll be fine in a conservatory and a porch. Now, basically, do not water them. Water them very, very sparingly because pelagoniums suffer with foot rot. So that's basically uh, where the stem goes into the compost. If there's excess water around there, it'll rot the stem and they'll just drop over and rot off. So that's the secret of success um, to get them through, is basically water them very, very sparingly during the winter months and then get them back outside in the summer. And that's the way to look after them and bring them indoors. Okay, grand. Sam, I hope that helps. And Darren, just as a little heads up, I do have a question from Marcus very shortly about um, pelagoniums, geraniums going mouldy over the winter. 
in, yeah. uh, in the greenhouse, something that I definitely suffer from and a lot of people listening will do as well. So that's very shortly. Darren, I might bump your jokes up this week Oof. from the end of the podcast to the near mid. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why wouldn't you? So ordinarily, Darren does five gardening jokes. What are we today? Seven? Seven. Okay. Are you Seven fit? gardening are you, jokes. How confident are you? I think there's um, some fair to middling and there's a couple of really good. Shall I give you something to, uh, to set the bench against? Go on then. Darren. Yes. Why do wasps stay in their nest all winter? I don't know, Molly. Why do wasps stay in their nests all winter? Well, uh, obviously, because it's a uh, swarm. <laughs> God. <laughs> swarm. As in, it's warm. Well, I can challenge you that. And, well, we'll uh, perhaps see. better it with my first joke. We'll see. They're to come very, very shortly. Although, did I just say we'd do it now? Don't know. I thought we was doing it now. <laughs> Go ahead. Now in the happy garden. It's about time for some Alan Titters. Brace yourself for your gardening jokes of the week mm-hmm. from Darren Rudge. Right, let's uh, let the dog see the rabbit. Come on then, Darren, if you think you're hard enough. Let's go. What do you call a cow who works for a gardener? Cow. Gardener working for... Don't. No. A lawn mower. Oh, Pleased with you. Darren, that's good. That's a good first joke. Next. What do you call a bluebird who's got run over by a lawnmower? <laughs> a bluebird? Mm-hmm. I don't know. A shredded tweet. Oh, sad, but quite funny. Good. Molly. Yes? I've heard that burglars use grass to pick the lock and gain entry into a local house. Grass? Yeah. But the evidence may well have been planted. Oh, Darren! Good! It's, it's three out three. of seven. Good. Four. Next four, number four. A friend went into his garden, yeah. dug a hole in mm. the lawn, mm. and then filled it with water. Mm. I think he meant well. Water dug. Oh, meant well! <laughs> meant well, as in he dug a well, Darren. Good. Four. Told you was some fair to middling. Yeah. Number five, yeah. a man phoned the police man. to inform them police. somebody's stolen the grass from my garden. The newspaper reporters said he was looking for lawn. What? <laughs> Dig him. A man phoned the police. Yeah. Are you following this? Go on. Yeah. Okay, to inform them that someone has stolen the grass, the grass from my lawn. The grass is gone, yeah. Gone, yeah. Yeah. Newspaper reporters said he was looking forlorn. Oh, forlorn, as in sad, Darren! God. The oh, nuances God. are subtle but brilliant. Five. What do you call a chicken-proofed lawn? <laughs> are we back to like, going off lay? Chicken proof, <laughs> chicken proof lawn. Go on, impeccable. Good, Darren. I'll and the final that. one, please. What do soldiers call their lawn mowers? Go on. Weapons of grass destruction. Oh my God! And that's the seven. Ah, uh, that puts my wasp jokes to shame. <laughs> Shredded tree. <laughs> 
very pleased with this week, Darren. Very pleased. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Back to the emails, which is the happy garden podcast at gmail.com. Any answers that you uh, that you need off Darren, we are here for you weekly. We upload at midday on a Friday. Molly, Darren, just listen to the latest podcast. Brilliant brackets. Would you happen to know if the two ladies that Darren spoke about recycling books and growing mushrooms at Chelsea have a website? Also, Darren should do a special about no dig gardens. Sounds as if it could get me out of doing. A few bits and pieces in the garden. And that's from Jason. Um, so firstly, uh, was it last week? Yes, it's when we spoke to Fergus the Forager. Uh, you referenced Chelsea. Yeah, so uh, we went to Chelsea last year, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, one of the stands was uh, how to grow mushrooms mm. in unusual places. <laughs> so I uh, don't know why that's funny, but there are some very unusual places, aren't there? <laughs> uh, including, you know, books and things like that. So it was a really unusual stand where incredible Mushrooms, uh, uh, lots and lots of different species, were brought to Chelsea by two ladies who actually own a business called the Cayley Brothers, which is C A L E Y brothers. Despite their name, it's two sisters, actually, because they've inherited the business, who grow gourmet mushrooms in West Sussex. They hold mushroom growing workshops and they sell kits uh, for you to try at home. So it might make a really, really nice Christmas present, Moles, if you actually get onto their website. And just search the internet for the Cayley brothers and the the website is there. It's quite easy to access. It's got a range of things on. I've had a look this week. Um, It's got a whole range of things for for Christmas and Christmas presents but yeah you can grow in books you can grow in old socks all sorts of things as long as you get the the substrate right uh, you can have a whole whole range of mushrooms going on and I think that would be a fascinating gift to give somebody yeah. wouldn't it Absolutely. And we've had, Darren, we had a really good reaction on Fergus the Forager from from the last podcast. If you just Google Fergus the Forager or have a look at fergustheforager.co.uk, you'll find more information on him. On to the no-dig gardening aspect of that question. Do you want to make this an actual slot, Darren? Yeah, I think because there's there's lots of information here. Oh, here we go. Here's the no-dig gardening slot music. (laughs) All right, go. So many of us will have heard of no-dig gardening, a method that has gained popularity in recent years and has a lot to offer for soil health and those that depend on it. It's an organic way of growing plants, folks. And the principle is really, really simple. Leave the ground as undisturbed as possible and you'll end up with less pests, healthier plants and a healthy, vibrant soil community. And as I've said in previous podcasts... Get the soil right and everything else will follow. Rather than digging the soil to remove weeds, the no-dig methods promotes adding garden compost or manure to the surface of the soil. This emulates the natural processes in an ecosystem as leaves fall to the ground, break down and incorporate into the soil. By doing this, the structure of your soil is also maintained, leaving worms and other soil-dwelling organisms undisturbed uh, and that ecosystem intact that's what digging does folks is it destroys ecosystems what's more it's a great option for gardeners who don't have time to dig over beds and borders and let the soil work its magic itself in fact 
you might think that it's going to be more time-consuming than, than the more traditional methods, but the opposite is true. Once set up, a no-dig system can be incredibly time-efficient. This is because you no longer run to your borders and need to spend much less time digging and weeding. No-dig works on the principle that healthy, covered soils are less weedy because weeds are most present in the soil that needs healing. So getting started, here we go. If you'd like to get started with No Dig, a veg pat or even a, a bed, then No Dig expert Charles Dowding first. You can get uh, download his YouTube videos and he does lots and lots of books. Suggests starting by covering grass with uh, cardboard, then adding a thick layer of compost. Use brown sheets of cardboard uh, with a minimal ink and remove metal clips and tape. Plant into the top of your compost and mulch around your plants. Over to the time, will, the soil will become a vibrant haven for worms, which will help to loosen the soil and keep it aerated. The best time of year to convert to a no-dig system, folks, is right now. Right at the end of autumn, early winter. Now, you may sometimes see white strands within the soil as your no-dig system starts to take over. These are likely to be mycorrhizal fungi, which are good and beneficial. Most plant roots team up with fungal networks working in partnership. The fungal networks feed off sugars from the roots, whilst the plant uses the expansive fungal network to receive nutrients and waters beyond its own catchment. These Delicate networks are doomed to die if you turn the soil over or dig. So stop digging, folks. Use a no-digging system. Feed your soil and let the soil and the organisms within do the work for you. Plus, if you've got a bad back, remember, <laughs> you don't have to dig. There you go. No-dig systems. Job done. Tick. Done. It was interesting listening to you last week about... Um no particular fertiliser as well. Yeah. It's all to do with nature will out. Nature knows what it's doing. They will get the conditions right for you. And when once you've got that right, everything else will follow. It's quite simple. Nature gives us the wherewithal. We just need to use it. We, do you know, we're nearly done. A final comment. Thank you both for the laughs and the education that you dish out in bucket loads each week. We do have some laughs. Hashtag man without a spade on his head, dash <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> it seems a while ago we've done head jokes. Any suggestions on higher education, Darren, which I can do on the interweb to complement my 25 years of gardening? And that question comes from Matthew. Which you are perfectly placed to answer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, part of uh, what I do is a teacher. I, I lecture. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I teach Royal Horticultural Society certificates. But in the past, I've done all sorts. I've done BTEC qualifications, City and Guilds qualifications, NCFE qualifications. Now, what what I do do is I, I run my own community interest company along with a, a teaching colleague, and um, we but we basically again teach RHS certificates and uh, our own bespoke garden design certificate that we've de developed ourselves, and we just about 
to become a centre on our own, actually, Molly. It's mm. quite um, it's quite exciting. So after Christmas, uh, we'll probably be our own learning centre and can uh, and can give people certificates for the learning that they actually do with us, rather than being at another centre and uh, just just teaching for them. We are really really proud of of what we do because yeah. our motto is changing lives. Uh, with plants that's that's our motto that's what we've got on our t-shirts is that we are changing lives with plants so let's answer this 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 gentleman sir it's Matthew. Uh, Matthew, your question then, uh, succinctly. So if you're looking for online programmes, there's loads out there. And actually, what you what you can actually do is become quite flustered with what is actually out there. One place you might want to go to is Learning with Experts. This is a, an online website-based uh, learning programme where you can study for RHS certificates. And actually, you do get the benefit of learning with uh, supposedly experts, people like Noel Kingsbury, Pete Aldorf, uh, those sorts of folks, as well as RHS lecturers from uh, local colleges. That, that's, that's, that's one place you can go. The other place to try, Matthew, is Best Training. Really easy to remember. They do online programmes as well. And those are the two that I would recommend for myself as online programmes for higher education or further education. If you're looking at degree programmes online, then have a look at the Open University. But there are very, very few horticultural degrees at this particular point in time. One of the things we're trying to do as a learning centre and why we're moving into accreditation, if you like, is to actually develop a, a, a horticultural degree that actually deals with the current and up-to-date practices a modern horticulturalist has to go through. So watch this space, I would say, but uh, Open University might do something for you, but you might have to do two or three different things to make up one big thing, if you understand what I'm trying to say. The final thing I would say is, why not take a look at the Masters of Horticulture that the RHS actually do if you want a higher education programme? It's sort of an undergraduate programme, but that's totally and utterly done online. So there's three or four different avenues you can actually try. Please get in touch, you know, research them, investigate them, get in touch with folks. And if I, if I need to offer any more advice, please do get in touch and I hope that helps. And Darren, you have mentioned in years gone by numerous times changing a career, yes, can be frightening, but changing a career to horticulture can be amazing. If you love the job you do, you're never going to work a day in your life. And I know that's true to you because you're so passionate about what you do. Well, that, that's entirely the point. Mm. I, I say to my students, I come to work to, to enjoy myself. Uh, when I, that very first session that I stand in front of people and Bear in mind, people are with me for 12 months, two years, three yeah. years. Some people have been with us for five years, you know, and they come to enjoy themselves. And if you enjoy yourself when you go to work, it's not work, is it? Exactly. It's not work at all. And people that just take that step forwards and have the courage just to move forwards, never, ever, ever regret it. So do what Matthew's thinking of doing. Get some training and then change your life. I do know in years gone by, Darren, you and I are always at Gardener's World Live. Every year at the NEC in Birmingham, you obviously work there, which we'll talk about as, as a judge. But I have interviewed winners of Beautiful Borders and you know lots of categories of people who have changed their lives, who have had 
an office job or it, it could be any job that they sort of half liked, you know, it, it's the mundane, it's the treadmill. But once they've got into horticulture, they have broken free. I've interviewed many people who have sort of found their vocation, found their family, found their joy in life with horticulture. It's something actually, Darren, we, maybe we'll discuss next week on the Happy Garden podcast because I know that uh, Beautiful Borders, which you're heavily involved in, uh, BBC Gardeners World Live, they've opened their entries, haven't they, this week? Yeah, so entries are open. And if you've ever, ever thought about doing something at a, a show, remember yeah. BBC Gardeners World Live in Birmingham, because there are three shows now. There is a spring show and an autumn show, but in Birmingham, it's our local show, isn't it? it For is us, the mid- yeah. It is the Midlands show, basically. Come along and have a go. Don't be frightened. Don't be scared. There are many, many different aspects uh, and ways to get involved. And the support network that we put into place for people that do get involved is second to none. Yeah. It really, really is. And it's all there aimed at getting people involved in horticulture and changing your life, doing something that will change your life. Shall we? Shall we? Put this in the diary for, for next week. Do you want to do a little piece on this next week? Yeah. Like a proper piece. Let me, yeah. Let me write this down. Because actually the show director's coming to see me next week. Is he Bob? <laughs> yeah, he is. is Bob's he? coming to see me, yeah. Bob because and Lucy. If you didn't know... Do you mind if I use my button? No. OK, That's hang on, all. hang on. Rudge. Rudge is a judge. I don't know if that added anything to the podcast, but uh, Darren <laughs> Rudge is a judge. <laughs> He's Judge Rudge at several uh, horticultural shows across the UK. But, uh, yeah, Gardeners World Live. I mean, you're up there. You judge the entry. So if, if there's anybody you need to pick the brain of, it's our uh, Darren. Should we talk about that a little bit more next week on the pod? We certainly can. Not a problem at all. And I'd thoroughly encourage anybody that wants to, to get involved, get onto the website, download the application form, just have a go. And you, you don't know. have to be a yeah. seasoned professional horticulturalist. Yeah. The, the people I've interviewed before have, as I said, just changed jobs or just changed vocational. They thought they'd have a go and they've won gold. Uh, just a final one from Road to No Dig 2022 on the Facebook page. Great episode. This is in reference to last week, Darren. Fergus the Forager was fascinating. I'm just listening along now, thoroughly engrossed whilst cutting back our raspberries. And actually, hang on a second, because I have my iPad in front of me, on our Facebook page, Tony has also sent us a picture on the Facebook saying, still harvesting the raspberries, thanks to Darren. Oh, thank That's you, That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's good when advice is listened to and they feed back and report back. Yeah. Do report back, folks. Please, please, please report back. And, <laughs> yeah, this is your podcast. So anything you want to feed back, anything that's helpful, not helpful, anything you want Darren to discuss in the future, garden-wise, gardening-wise... We are your podcast. This is your podcast. So the happy garden podcast at gmail.com or send us a picture of your success or your failure on the Facebook page, which again is the happy garden podcast. It's your podcast. Please do use it and direct it as you see fit. That would be great. Um, shall we finish with some jobs for the week ahead, Darren? We certainly can. Oh, I say, you can tell it's getting close to Christmas. Darren's got his festive music out for the Happy Garden podcast jobs of the week. Go on, Darren. Tell us what to do. Yeah, go on, Darren. Well, 
Fruit trees, bushes, all sorts of fruit can be planted right now, as long as it's not too wet, folks. So if the ground's sodden, don't plant anything, let alone fruit trees and bushes. Leave them and wait for a drier time. If you bought them and they're not in pots, if they're bare root, just heal them in somewhere or put them into a pot of compost and they'll save and they'll wait until the conditions are right for you to get them into the ground. Fruit tree pruning can be done as well. So apples, pears, everything except for plums because you don't want silver leaf disease and they can actually bleed to death. Everything else can actually be given a good tidy up and a good prune back right now. Control weeds and grass around Around your fruit trees and bushes you'd be surprised how a few weeds around the the bottom or the base of a tree actually causes it multiple problems and prune and tie in trained fruit trees such as espaliers and your cordons pears and apples darren you'll be aware thank you for that by the way you'll be aware i have tea and toast eyes on yeah. the podcast mm. i have one eye on you Yes. <laughs> and I've got one eye on uh, the Facebook and all sort of our social meds. I have literally just had a question in which we haven't got time for, but jot this down. Maybe we can expand on this next week because there'll be a lot of people wondering about this question that Marcus has literally just sent through. Da, 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 da. He's in Walthamstow, by the way. Wow. East 17 country. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Everything's going to be all right. So Marcus, Marcus was asking, I used to love E17, and I'll just sort of paraphrase his question, we'll do this next week on the podcast, about, and we've already had a couple of questions on geraniums, Darren, sort of getting them through winter. If you are lucky enough to have a glass house and you do overwinter them, basically how do you stop them going mouldy? And again, I'm paraphrasing because it's quite a long question by Marcus and it's, Oh, and I will just read this bit. I feel so at home listening to your accents because he used to come from Birmingham. Oh, which is lovely. Thank you. But he wants to know about overwintering without them rotting off. So can you jot yeah. that down and we'll we'll expand yeah, on that? No problem at all. We'll week. sort that for you next week. Darren, that's podcast. 12. 12. <laughs> Almost done. Yeah. Now, as we are literally only sort of, we're going to be four weeks to Christmas, so we have to have poinsettias. On the list yes. going forward, how to buy, where to buy. I mean, Christmas trees. Yes. Buy, hire. We should do something on hiring Christmas trees. If you are going to buy and you're going to get real Christmas trees, as always, Darren, you have amazing and sort of literally life-saving tips on yes. how to buy a real tree because not everybody sells real trees that are going to live. So no. you do have some great tips on that forthcoming. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Darren's buying a Christmas tree tips Okay. Are forthcoming. Shall we do that as a Christmas crack? Yes. Why not? <laughs> well, I've enjoyed today's podcast. I think we've covered quite a few things off. It's been brilliant and we've made a Great. fist of it, haven't we? Fist of it. Thank you if you've been in touch. If you want to come on the podcast, like Chris did a little bit earlier, we would love to hear from you. Obviously, ask a question, but leave us your phone number and we can give you a call on the pod. The Happy Garden podcast on the Facebook page. Again, you can ask a question, which is grand. And of course, Darren will get it answered. But if you can leave your phone number, although there again, if you leave it on the Facebook page, everyone else can see it and you might get some moron calling you at 3am. No, don't yeah, leave like, you. like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't leave your phone number on Facebook. I'm taking that back. Just leave it on the Happy Garden podcast because it's only for my eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> 
so you'll and Molly be, won't you'll, phone you at three o'clock safe. in the morning. I won't be ringing you. I won't be ringing you at three o'clock in the morning. But we would love to speak to you forthcoming on the Happy Garden podcast. Um, Darren, it's been splendid today. Thank you for all of your advice and all of your all of the questions that you've answered today. Not a problem. As always, mm-hmm. it's been fantabulous. What are you doing now, our Dazzler? <laughs> 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 I don't know why that's funny. But I don't, well, I was going to have a bit of lunch, but I know what you'll say. <laughs> that is why it's funny. I don't know why I ask you what you're going to do now, because it's going to be something food-related which you know nothing about. But actually, yeah. I've got to go and pick up some landscape catalogues from oh. a builder's merchant. So oh, that's that nice. might not seem like everybody's paradise, but I love a builder's <laughs> merchant. You could go and get a Greg's or a Macadie on the way home and surprise Mrs. Darren. I could do, yeah, couldn't I? Come home with a couldn't feast, I? go to Pizza Hut. <laughs> or a landscape catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should be really pleased with the wad yeah, love. of those. Yeah, I love. Get your chops around this. Darren, it's what we know and love you for, and we do love you. Thank you very much for uh, all of the advice that you've passed on the Happy Garden podcast, and we will see you next week, Friday at noon. Yeah. Happy gardening, folks. Love you, Darren. Love you too. <laughs> ta <Ta-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da